In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to iingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. How would you like to learn the secret of selling half a billion, with a B, dollars worth of products online in three years? That's what we're going to learn today. Um, one of my good friends, one of my favorite people, Stefan Georgie, um, is joining us. And he is an amazing copywriter, amazing business person, amazing person. Uh, you know, he has three businesses, all super successful, has an event coming out we'll talk about. But really, it, what's I think incredible about the story is like where he came from, a double wide trailer in 2011 to this today because of a poker game. It's a really interesting story at the beginning there. Uh, but what's really cool, he's just such a giving guy. Um, he gives a secret to his sales page success. He gives a secret to something he calls skinwalking, getting inside the people, which is, it sounds kind of creepy, but it's super important because it, it, he talks about finding that weird thing, that weird connection that's really allowed him to have this level of success. The guy gets paid $100,000 to write a sales letter. I mean, and obviously if people are paying it, it's successful, right? So, this episode, I think, is absolutely crucial for everyone, everyone to understand copywriting. If you have a business, you need to understand how to get inside your customer's mind and then how to connect it with them through copy. It's more important than ever. So uh, I hope you enjoy this show. I know I enjoy talking with Stefan, and I love him. He's an awesome guy, and he gives away such good information. Make sure to listen all the way through because at the end, he also talks about how to create that golden goose that keeps on giving. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic and my buddy, Stefan Georgie. I mean, I usually go and introduce people, but dude, $530 million in sales in three years. I think that's enough. Like we can just stop right there in the introduction. Uh, Stefan's an amazing copywriter, but what I love about him too is just he's a genuinely awesome person. So like when I see these numbers, everyone in our world kind of knows about him, but a lot of people don't know about him. Let me tell you, these numbers are real. These aren't hyped up numbers. And he's just getting out into the world because he's been just been running his own businesses. These aren't like other people's numbers. These are his own businesses. Stefan, thanks so much for being on the show, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let, let's get back to just, I mean, obviously you've told the story a bunch of times, but I want to hear it again. How did you tell me your journey of getting into copywriting and getting to this point? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the end of, um, 2000, let's go for 2011 in general. I was in Texas in the hill country, living in a double wide trailer, teaching uh, children who were at risk about, uh, like nature and, and sort of science and math in like a nature natural setting. Uh, I was kind of planning on potentially just becoming a teacher, staying down that path. And I found out that my dad had cancer. So I went hiking with my dad in like uh, April of 2011 and we hiked up to the top of a mountain. He was fine. And in May of 2011, I found out that my dad had this uh, advanced form of cancer in the liver and, and probably only had a few months to live. So I moved back home to San Diego, which is where I'm from. I lived at my parents' house to help my mom look after my dad. Uh, it was sort of like this kind of 
it's actually when I first started messing with e-commerce a little bit. I tried to create like a store using um, Volusion and, and sell like sports memorabilia. And I started of trying to, I, I got the four hour work week from Tim Ferriss, which everybody gets at some point in their journey. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I just was kind of, you know, it was a difficult time. Um, and towards the end of it, very randomly, I found that there was like Southwest was having a, a, an airfare sale uh, and, and doing cheap tickets all over the country. So I put a thing on Facebook. I was like, hey, where does, um, does anyone want to, you know, go somewhere? Like there's cheap tickets right now. I mean, I was probably making like $600 a week just doing some sort of content writing and stuff like that. But I really didn't know anything about internet marketing or online marketing. And so anyway, I put that online and then, you know, because I could actually afford the, the flight. Uh, a friend from Florida said, yo, hey, let's go to Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. I said, sure. We went to, uh, we booked it out for the end of December. Um, my dad actually passed away in, in the, the end of October. So then I was, you know, bummed about that, obviously. Uh, went to Vegas and it was sort of this, like, you know, release. The first time I'd done something for myself in a while. Uh, a friend and I were staying, was sharing a room at the Circus Circus, which is an absolute, uh, you know, garbage kind of hotel, <laughs> if you've ever been there. Uh, the, the first night I maybe had, I had a couple hundred dollars to gamble with and lost most of it the first night. The next night my buddy said, hey, let's play poker. And I hadn't played poker in years. I said, sure. So we went to play poker. We did okay. So then the third day, we said, let's go play poker again. We went to Caesar's uh, Palace, and we went to the poker room. And this girl walks in, and I found her to be really attractive, and, and just immediately she caught my eye. I joked to the table. I said, oh, I hope she sits at our table. And she did get seated at our table. And so this girl's here playing poker, and somebody asked her, what do you do? And she said, I'm a writer. And I wanted to flirt with her, so I said, what kind of writer are you? And she said, I'm a copywriter. And I said, wow, that's really awesome. That's so interesting. And I grabbed my phone and I Googled what's a copywriter because I had <laughs> no idea um, and found out kind of what it was. So, you know, to fast forward a little bit, we ended up uh, hitting it off at the poker table. We spent some time in Las Vegas. Um, I was waiting for a job that I'd been accepted to in South Florida. I moved to South Florida to take this job with a Fortune 500 company doing outside sales. She came to visit. Uh, she was from New York. Uh, she didn't have a boyfriend and she... <laughs> Hopefully that's obvious. She, didn't have a she, she came to uh, she came to visit for a weekend, and before you knew it, her car was being shipped down, and she was living with me. I was going out in the Florida sun, uh, busting my butt all day, and you know, making two hundred bucks a day. It was a great job, though. I'm not complaining about it. But I'd come home, and she would have made ten times as much while you know, sitting in her underwear, drinking a beer, uh, writing copy. So I was like, man, like I want to, I want to do this, and I. Um, you know, I kind of had her show me the ropes and she, she did. I, I posted a, uh, a copywriter for hire posting on a forum called Warrior Forum and woke up the next morning for, I think, like $300 in my PayPal and was just like thrilled. Like, oh my gosh, people are going to pay me to write for them. And, you know, started writing for people. Um, and then from that, I got referrals. People would ask me if I could build websites. And I'd say, yeah, I can build a website. And I'd Google, how do you build a website? <laughs> ask me if I, if I did SEO. And I'd say, oh, I'm, I'm great at SEO. And I'd Google, how do you do SEO? Uh, I built out an agency um, and you know, sort of started servicing some clients. I got a group of uh, doctors to, to handle all their marketing. Essentially, it was like a, a technology called, for, called Neurofeedback and a company that provided this to uh, patients all over the country. They had like 130 doctors at the time, and I got a contract to, to do the marketing for all of the the, this, the the parent company and a lot of the doctors that were part of that parent company. Um, and then found out, decided I really loved copywriting more than anything. Went back to that, started working for a large information publisher, and, and wrote some sales letters for them that were very successful. And then realized that I could do it. On my own, I didn't need to be writing for somebody else, so I created a health supplement company and struggled for a year, and then the next year kind of cracked the code, and we had some pretty tremendous growth there. And um, yeah, that pretty much brings me to where I'm at today. Today, I, I sort of consult with people and, and write copy. The supplement company, we kind of wound down only because of the concerns about it's a challenging industry to be in from the from kind of a compliance standpoint, and I just felt like you know we had enough of a good run there that for us it made sense to sort of scale it back down. Um, but yeah, that's sort of my journey. That's a, that's a really cool journey. I mean, in six years, uh, yeah. th that's a lot of a journey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's really cool. Stefan has an event coming up, um, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But before we get into copywriting and, and, and why it's important 
Can you tell me a little bit about the event, what's going to be happening at the event? Just give me a, a quick highlight, and then we'll get deeper into it later on. Sure. Yeah, I'm doing a copywriting intensive April 18th and 19th in Las Vegas. Uh, I just found out we're going to be doing it at the Aria, which is a great hotel I love. Uh, basically, for two full days, we're going to be going through copywriting in detail and everything that is required to communicate and sell to prospective customers. My background is in direct response, but I think even if you're in e-commerce or you do advertising, like you do ad creatives, things like that, you could definitely benefit from this uh, because I see, especially in e-commerce, and we can talk about more later, I won't go on too much of a tangent, but you see people who really just list uh, the product features a lot without mm-hmm. getting into the benefits and they don't tell a story. There's a lot of little things that people can do with their e-commerce postings or their e-commerce pages that I think can dramatically increase conversions and, and help them grow their businesses. And so my goal is to make this very actionable, very specific. Pretty much I'm giving away everything because I'm kind of retiring from copywriting uh, for the most part. So I'm going to basically give away all my, my secrets, my tricks, but more importantly than that, my process, because I do have a very standardized sort of process and approach that's very replicable and that I think anyone can take and apply to their business, whether they're the copywriter or whether they employ copywriters uh, and, you know, see some very big improvements to their bottom line as a result. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions about it. I'm going to try and get you to tell me your process, your secret process, but I know you won't. Uh, (laughs) But, but, you know, it's one of those things and that's why, not that I just didn't want to talk to you because you're awesome, but, you know, it's, I see it over and over again when I get to websites. You know, we talk you talk about e-commerce, but really everyone needs to focus on the copy. People are like, "Oh, this page sucks." I'm like, "The page can be absolutely gorgeous, but if the copy doesn't speak to someone, they're, they're not going to stay on it." It's it's not the well, I think, you know, personally I think what we got was this false positive that people made beautiful websites and because we didn't see beautiful websites, we paid attention to the beautiful website and eventually would buy something. And now that's right. not the, that's not the case anymore. Right, we, we, there's we've seen every website that there possibly can be. Uh, right. So now it's it's back to the classic direct response. Um, you know what industries besides you know like when I I think of direct response, I think of yeah some e-commerce, I think of you know classic sales letters. But what industries have you seen it work in? You know you have an agency. What industries have you seen it work in that aren't your usual industries? You know, I think anything can be, almost anything can be, can, can be molded to direct response. So, you know, obviously like financial, but that's probably a classic direct response. Um, you know, health, a lot of doctors, I mean, even, you know, people like for, for if you're like a, a group of doctors and you are offering like a uh, procedure for, for teeth, like straightening, right, things like that, uh, you can definitely benefit uh, pet food companies children's toys actually is a great example i mean if you look at um bendy playskin who i think you know as well yeah. right and he the guy you know, he started like nine months ago or whatever and he's already created million dollar businesses um selling children's toys but what he's doing is he's just applying a lot of he's applying good copy and a lot of direct response elements and, and things that increase conversions and so i really think that pretty much any industry uh, that sells a product or a service uh, direct to consumer can benefit. But I also even think if you go like, you know, business to business and even there, there's definitely, you still want to catch in the day. You want to create an emotional connection with, with the person who's, you know, viewing your content. And I think that so many people kind of are more too sterile with their marketing. So I really think it can be applied almost anywhere. That's, that's a great point Too sterile with your marketing. Uh, you know, I think people are afraid to, sell they're afraid to drive emotion uh but i mean that and then that's what it's all about right is you you, i mean why put it up there if it's going to be boring and sterile yeah (laughs) no absolutely Um, yeah the the, just to i mean the two i think really the two like let's say secrets to to effective selling through writing and, and really this isn't just writing it's any kind of sales are um you know emotionality and story i really think those are the two things it's like you know, having a story that resonates with people, um, like a hero's journey type thing, which we can discuss hero's journey, but then also having that emotional connection, having that emotional sort of uh, language in there is, is, at the end of the day, we're emotional creatures who are very much driven by stories because they help us to compartmentalize and understand the world and it simplifies things for us. So if you can just have those two things like story and emotionality, then I think you're shockingly enough, you're ahead of a lot of your competition, right? Like right then and there. Exactly. It, uh, you know, I mean, 
at our agency, we we tell people, you know, selling with stories, and we we find the stories and and you know and find your stories and you know take video of them. But I know that people like when I first say storytelling, they discount it, right? Yeah. And emotionality, right? They're discounting those things, but they're actually the most important thing, aren't they? I mean, you just said it. It's the two yeah. secrets. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the hero's journey. And I talk about that, and I feel like people should know about it. So I'm going to let you describe why it's important and how you go about finding it. Sure, absolutely. Um, so you know, the hero's journey was identified by Joseph Campbell. You know, he was looking at these these great stories throughout time, so like the Odyssey by Homer, uh, the Iliad, things like that. And essentially, he looks at how every all these great stories, all these epics, have like a few basic parts. And while doing it from memory will be a bit of a challenge for me. Essentially, you've got, you know, your your protagonist, your avatar, whoever it is, right, who is living a normal life, things are normal, things are going on. And there's some sort of, uh, like, a call to action. Something happens, there's some reason why they need to then embark on this, this quest or this journey. And so there's this call to action, they go on this journey, they overcome obstacles and trials, they end up meeting some kind of wise teacher or sensei that, that shows them the way, like a spirit guide. Um, you know, through setbacks, trials, and tribulations, they ultimately achieve the goal or, or the, you know, the, the object of their quest. And after that, they're then, you know, freed to go back to life the way it was. But life actually isn't the way it was. Life is never quite the same, but they're freed. So it's essentially, you know, starting from being from, from, from no action, from no momentum to like a whole series of momentum back to no momentum again, if that kind of makes sense. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. When I hear that, when I hear hero's journey and I'm selling, um, a data compliance software, right? <laughs> how, how is that? A, you know, how do I go on a hero's journey? How, you know, how do you, is there a hero's journey in everything? Yeah, I kind of think there can be. I mean, you know, I don't obviously it would depend on the specific story, but if you're selling a data compliance software and you talk about how, you know, you're because you, you hear this language where people are like, "Oh, we build a better mousetrap," and like, right? And that's part of it. But really, going into like, okay, so I was doing data compliance for another company, or we were, and we realized that there was this really big issue that nobody was talking about. So we started trying to find solutions for it, and we just were having a lot of trouble finding, you know, the way to to ultimately optimize our data compliance software. And you know, then we met so-and-so scientist or doctor or whoever it is, or right, who came on and showed us how to optimize better. And we realized that this was the better way. And at first, you know, there was a lot of challenges because of these unforeseen, you know, sort of consequences of trying to do it this way. But we've ultimately, we're t- we tweaked it and we optimized it. And now today we have finally created what we think is absolutely the best, uh, you know, data compliance software offering on the market. And, you know, now here we are and working with us. But essentially, I think you can still put that story in that context very easily. Yeah, and it, I mean it, that was awesome. So if someone has it, if you have a data compliance company <laughs> and you're listening to this, you've got to send them a check for fifty grand. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, and the, that link for that uh, PayPal account will be in the show notes as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's when people think of copywriting. I think, I mean, A, a lot of people think it's just like, it's my marketing copy, so I'm just describing my company, right? But it's not that. Like you said, it's storytelling. But then there's that next layer, like the direct response people, that everyone wants to know the big trick. They want to know, you know, the words, like words that sell. How important do you you feel like those tricks, those, those little things are in your copy? Are they secondary? Is it something that you start with? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, you know, there's, as far as actual vocabulary goes, it's, it's interesting. There's certainly those, those really sort of uh, basic tricks. I say basic just in that for most copywriters know about this. Like rather than say learn, you say discover, right? So you're not like, and you know, if you read this letter or when you watch this video, you're going to learn why you say you're going to discover why. Uh, there's simple things like that, you know, using now a lot. You'll notice in my sales copy, I'll start a lot of sentences very early on with the word now. And I do that because I want them in that that mindset subconsciously of thinking like now, 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 now. So it starts, you know, there's some repetition there, right? It's almost like a NLP type thing. Um, and I think that that does, you know, that can have an improvement. But I think, I actually think it's really secondary to just having a structured process. Um, so, you know, I think like 
the main, first of all, is, is figuring out, all right, what's your product? Who are you selling to? What are the pain points of the market, right? Very basic stuff, but so many people kind of skip that. I mean, I've worked with, with startups where I was working for a startup that was doing a language learning platform. So it was going to teach people Spanish online, but it's like, all right, well, who's your customer? Like, we have no idea. You're like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, was well, it like the millennials who have wanderlust and they've always wanted to go to you know, Machu Picchu and they want to be able to speak Spanish or is it the business professional who wants to be able to speak, you know, Spanish so that they can work with clients in South America, right? Those are vastly different. Everything you do is going to be extremely, you know, your whole marketing approach is going to be different based on that. So as simple as that sounds, that's, that's obviously very important. And then going deep in the pain points, right? Putting, be like a, like a skinwalker, like really get in the skin of your customer and really like get, get weird with it, right? I'm a copywriter. So I like to get weird. Um, but really, like, get weird. Think about it. Really try to become that person and really feel their pain and really think about what they're worried about. What's their anxiety? What's that one burning problem that you can solve? Um, so just things like that at the beginning are extremely important. Um, and I can keep going on to, you know, what you do after that if you want. Yeah, yeah. No, this is awesome. I, I've never heard that term skinwalker before, and I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> but I, and like you said, it, it being weird. Um, you know, I'd like you to tell a little bit more of that, but I want to hear also about what being weird means to you. So, uh yeah, being being weird to me just means not being self-conscious or embarrassed or afraid to put yourself out there and to be creative. I think a lot of people are more creative than they give themselves credit for. They're just afraid of, you know, going there because of how society might perceive them. Um and I think and even though for example, I mean, I'm, I can be very weird when writing copy. I'm not that weird in real, real life, I don't think. I mean, you know me. Maybe I'm kind of weird. but You're kind of weird. Um, kind of weird, <laughs> sure. But, you know. Um, All of us are a little bit weird in, in, the, in that world, and, and that's why I trust the people because it's the people that aren't weird that you get. You got to be careful of. <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, I've, I've, I've written copy from the perspective of a, you know, a spokesperson for a company or something like that where, I mean, as I'm writing about how this person's been – you know, maybe wrong by the status quo, where I'm feeling like I'm shaking with anger. Like my face is flush. I'm shaking with anger. I might even feel like I'm on the verge of tears because I'm so mad, even though this has never actually happened to me. So, you know, just taking that, that empathy and just like really being, letting yourself be empathetic. Um, I think for so many people too, we're afraid to, to be empathetic or to be vulnerable. But when you're creating copy, I think it's very important. That's, in, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, th- that you're getting that much into the character, but it's, it's crucial. It is yeah. absolutely crucial. And one of the things I've noticed too, and I don't, you know, you talk about being in the person and, you know, I talk a lot about like in, in my talks and cause like when we're talking about customer stories, um, it's, it's the situation. It's the situation. Why we, is the reason we decide. Um, do, is that something you do too? Is that like imagine yourself in those specific situations and how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I do. Um, and you know, it, it's hard. Part of it's just, just the power of the imagination, but I'll read, yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll read forums. I'll read people's sort of hard luck stories or, you know, their stories about frustration. I'll keep reading those and sort of try and just put myself in their, their shoes. I mean, I can't really say exactly how I'm able to kind of transpose myself into, into their skin. But, um, but I think if you, if you, if you familiarize yourself a lot, then you can start to really have that empathetic connection, even if you don't know the person at all. Watching YouTube videos is another great way because you can actually mirror and model their facial emotions as you watch a person telling you a story. Um, but yeah, so really just kind of doing the research and, and getting to know, stalking your uh, you know prospective client or your, or your prospective customer. It, it, it amazes me too because, like you said, with that company, how few people, when they get out, I'm like, well, who are we really selling to here? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going yeah. so deep as to like mirroring facial expressions, which you know, it, it's, it, I don't know if you know this, but uh, you probably do. But for most of you listening, uh, there's a lot of studies that have shown that, yeah, the motion that you have when you have that facial expression, when you make the facial expression will actually recreate that emotion in your brain. So, it, yeah. it, you know, which is really amazing thing. Um, and that's a fantastic that you go that deep. Where was that point where you realized that you needed to get that deep into your customer? Was there an aha moment or was it was like you just slowly got better and better at it? Yeah, you know, I think I always had, I've always had empathy. You know, it's been one of my traits. So I maybe naturally did it a little bit. I was writing a um, sales letter for a product 
this is kind of funny, but whatever, in 2012, um, that was a, like a cold sore product and it was targeted towards like, towards women who were, you know, had embarrassing cold sores and who were trying to like, you know, basically something like a Brevo, which you see at the supermarket. It wasn't a Brevo, but something like that. And basically I realized like, wow, if I'm going to try to speak to millennial aged, you know, women who are suffering from cold sores and who are feeling embarrassed about it and the prospects of the romantic life being potentially, you know, dampened and all that kind of stuff, I'm really going to need to get inside their head. So I think that may be the first time where I really had to, you know, dive deep because it was someone very different voice than my own. But, um, you know, that it ended up being a pretty successful uh, offer. So I guess it works. <laughs> what, uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you did that? How you went about getting inside their head? It was really what I mentioned. I mean, it was, it was going to forums, a lot of these forums. It was, it was reading, you know, especially, um, you know, it's actually great for anyone who sells like health or beauty products. Um, there's so many forums or even for moms, if you market to moms or moms to be like my uh, wife is, you know, uh, expecting pretty soon here. So she's so deep on the, the mommy bloggers and the mommy forums and the YouTube videos. So there's so much content for that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I was really just reading the forums, seeing the stories, hearing people watching the, the dynamics of the conversations and, and seeing how people were interacting with each other. Um, just everything like that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite sales letter or sales copy that you've done of all time? Oh man. Um, Gosh, I mean, there's there's a lot that are all special to me for different reasons. Um, you know, I did. <laughs> this will make me sound less credible, but I did a self defense one back in the day where, like, the hook was essentially like, um, "I killed Bruce Lee?" Like question mark. And it was basically <laughs> about this, like, you know, how this this old guy claimed that he like, um, you know, knew the 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 secret death touch that killed Bruce Lee. And so the offer didn't say that the guy actually killed Bruce Lee, but essentially it was this whole thing about going to like martial arts and like these secret death touches and things like that for, um, and then, and then taking that and actually transposing it to for senior citizens who were afraid of being like mugged in the parking lot outside of like a grocery store or something. Right. Like, you know, man, if you know these like death touches, which there's like, you know, 21 of them, um, then you could defend yourself. And then the actual product had those plus a lot of just really basic, you know, general, but good self-defense, like advice for how to kind of keep yourself safe and everything. That's fun. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, have you, tell me a little bit about some of the more like not mainstream, but have you worked with any more of those, like, like data compliance? Have you done any of those types of things? Um, or is it mainly in like the B to C place that you've, you've made your, your money lately, you know, for the last two years, it's been primarily, um, you know, B2C, but, um, yeah, back in the day writing for, um, for doctors who were interested in the neurofeedback thing. Um, I did some sales copy for Morgan Stanley, their team, one of their teams in San Diego, uh, helping them to, uh, increase like their, um, on their corporate side, like getting like larger kind of institutional like partners and things like that, writing copy for that. Um, and a few others, but primarily I, I definitely historically been more B2C. Gotcha. Then, uh, yeah. Uh, and so on the B, so when you're doing that, when you're working for like a doctor or Morgan Stanley, I mean, there's not, I mean, do you still do the forums? Is, is it still that, or is there another research method that you know to get inside of your customer's mind? Yeah. I mean, I'll use everything. I, I'll go down rabbit holes. It really, it, and it definitely does depend. I mean, you know, a doctor versus an institutional, you know, like investor uh, with Morgan Stanley, those are, those are big, you know, very different. So, you know, when it's still like a, a at the end of the day, there's usually still a decision maker, though, right? So even if you're you're looking at, you know, you're, you're trying to get some large hedge fund to invest money with your, you know, bank, right? You're still going to find out, all right, well, who's the person at the hedge fund who actually makes a decision? Is it the, the founder or like the, the head of the president of the hedge fund, whatever it is? Okay, like, who is that person? Um, you know, and say you want to get, like, 20 hedge funds, great. Like, what do they share, you know, certain characteristics, which they do. Most of them are, um, you know, like... Uh, not sociopaths, but um, very like uh, you know they're very they're not they're not necessarily empathetic. They are more data driven, right? They want yeah. to know more about the bottom line. They're sociopaths. So, <laughs> yeah, I think they actually are, right? Um, I mean, the most successful CEOs and surgeons are sociopaths. So let's just let's put that out there. Just call 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 it like it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So basically, so all right. Well, man, how do I communicate to a sociopath? What are they like? And then going deep into research, I mean, looking at psychology, go to, you know, psychology websites and forums, um, read studies about sociopaths, read studies about, 
uh, hedge fund. There's, there's tons of data about that, right? People, because these guys run multi-billion dollar, you know, sort of um, con going concerns here. So they've been studied tons of times. So you can find tons of data. Um, so really just, just I, I love the cool stuff. I love to synthesize. And then I actually really would say embrace, I embrace going down rabbit holes, in my opinion. I think, um, you know, in other areas of life, you know, when you're trying to actually work and you go down a rabbit hole, it can be dangerous. But when you're doing research, um, almost so many of the great ideas I've ever had for, from a copywriting perspective have come from just going down rabbit holes and finding, you know, strange or weird connections where, you know, you may find out uh, that something that seemed that's really fascinating but entirely seemingly unrelated actually is like one of the key sort of uh, driving forces behind how your market makes decisions. So I love, I love rabbit holes. That's really cool. That is really cool. I mean, it, and so, the, I mean, that kind of leads into my next question and it might be the answer to it, but I know a lot of, I know a lot of people in the supplement industry. I know a lot of copywriters. Um, I mean, 500, you know, I'm looking at your landing page for the event, $530 million, $530 million. That's ha half a billion dollars in products in three years. I mean, that's, you know, fortune, you know, fortune 1000 numbers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think is the big difference? I mean, is it, is it your, is it your copy? Is there one technique? Is there, what makes sets you apart and lets you do that versus other people? I mean, I think my process is a big part of it. Um, you know, being consistent. I mean, great copy is, it's actually very hard to come by and hard to find. And there's definitely, it's definitely there, but it's hard. I mean, I also think having, if you're writing copy for somebody else, having working with people who have the means and the experience and the knowledge, because I could write the best sales letter in the world, but if I give it to a guy who's in his basement somewhere and he has no idea how to market his product that he wants to market, it's probably not going to matter. Um, so, you know, I think it, it definitely helps having, good people on board. You know, a lot of that money came from, from the large publisher in Romania, um, who was doing information products that I wrote all their copy for, for, you know, a year and a half. And, um, they had the kind of the, the distribution network, so to speak. They had the affiliates, they had the media buying knowledge, they had the know-how. Um, so that all helps a lot. I mean, my, but, but I think, you know, the great structure, strong, you know, strong emotional stories, um, and some other kind of elements that I can get into that, that I think make the sales letters more compelling and, and much more compelling. And, and really that they're logically structured. Like that's one of the biggest things, dude, is like the um, – so many people just mess up the structure of sales letters and they're all over the place and they don't keep people's attention. And I'm sure you've seen it. There's sort of this like exponential uh, you know, kind of algorithm, so to speak, of people – well, if they'll, if they'll watch the first two seconds, they'll watch the next four seconds and they'll watch the next eight seconds and they'll watch the next, like, you know, whatever, 16 seconds of, of like a video, right? Mm -hmm. So really like just getting them in and then continuing to, to make that a logical journey from the entryway to when you just ask them directly to buy um, without any interruptions or weird things where they suddenly find themselves lost. And like you're basically putting them into a spell or a trance and the last thing in the world you want is for halfway through they realize that you're somebody's you know conducting witchcraft on them you know um, <laughs> but that can happen if your if your story is nonlinear if your your copy is nonlinear and you're you know you're taking them down this path and then all of a sudden you diverge to way over you know to the side um, suddenly you've lost them and it's very hard once some, once the spell is broken it's very hard to recast the spell or rehypnotize them so I think that's extremely important too oh yeah that, I, I I agree. How I mean, when you're deep into writing copy, how do you make sure that that's happening? Do you come back and leave it, or do you go back? I mean, tell me about that because it, it's you know you get. I think I've written a lot, and you, you get lost in it, and then you and then you're like, well, where, where was I going with that? <laughs> how do you keep it no. that way? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think having a um, go back to a process and the set kind of templatized structure are important. So, like my very broad sort of outline um, is like what we call like the lead where you know, you're calling out the problem that somebody's having. You're promising them a solution. You're teasing an emotional kind of discovery story that you're going to share with them. You're teasing what I call the unique mechanism behind the solution, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, you're teasing the contrarian nature of this mechanism. So it's something that's different than you expect, which is where rabbit holes can come in. Because you've gotten down a rabbit hole and found some weird, surprising sort of reason why your product is superior that you can kind of tease, that's good. Um, you know, you're mentioning credibility builders. You're briefly addressing skepticism. Uh, you're including testimonials if you have them, right? So 
that's like my lead in a nutshell. But I'm, what I'm not doing is I'm not really telling them what the product is at the beginning of my lead. So this, this lead could be like, say, as an example, you know, it can be a couple hundred words. It could be five sentences. It doesn't have to be, this isn't a really lengthy thing. It depends on what kind of medium you're selling in. So if it's a long, you know, an 8,000 word video script, maybe your lead's like 600, 700 words. If you're doing like a, you know, 200 page, like, or two, sorry, 200 word, like a description, then your lead might be three or four sentences long. Um, but I've got my lead. Then I go into the background story because the story is really important. Um, I then go into the unique mechanism of the problem, which is essentially, okay, here's what you've heard of the problem before. You know, you have a problem, but here's like the, here's how the problem really, the, 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 the mechanics behind the problem, how it really works. So for example, let me think of something like for, you know, for weight loss, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you're, 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 you're having trouble losing weight. What you might not know is that, you know, you have a disrupted uh, microbiome, which is like, you know, the, the, your gut. And there's basically bad bacteria in your gut, like in yeast and candida, which are fungi that are crave sugar and crave food. And if you have a disbalance called dysbiosis in your gut, then, you know, no matter how much good bacteria, even if you start eating better, you're still going to have this bad bacteria that's going to make it difficult for you to lose weight. So that's the mechanism behind the problem of not being able to lose weight. Um, and they may not know that. So it goes beyond just like, you can't lose weight. It's like, yeah, no, I don't know if people swear on your podcast yeah, you or not. Yeah, shit. Yeah, okay. So it's like, yeah, no, no shit. Like, I know I can't lose weight. Why? It's like, well, because of your gut. It's like, well, yeah, I know about my gut, but like, why? Right? So imagine somebody just asking you why, who's like really skeptical. Imagine like a really, a really angry New York cab driver who just thinks, you know, absolutely thinks you're full of shit. And so the things that you're going to tell them, they're always asking why. And that will help you a lot, I think, right? Um, and so basically, yeah. So you're like, all right, well, why, you know, why is it my gut? And like, well, because of this bad bacteria that's in there that we get through, you know, a host of different reasons. And that essentially is feeding on sugar and it's, it's making it difficult for your body to break down carbohydrates and things like that. So that's the unique mechanism of the problem. Then you go to the unique mechanism of the solution. So now I've got your solution. And now this is like, you know, what the real, real answer is, right? So you're like, okay, the unique problem was that I've got bad gut bacteria. So the, you know, real solution is to get rid of the bad bacteria in your gut. So you create an environment where you only have good bacteria that can, you know, more break down the sugars, the carbs and things like that. So that's your solution. And then I get to the product reveal. So basically, you know, all right, this product incorporates a unique solution to the unique problem that I just mentioned. If that make, if that makes sense. So, um, and then, you know, from there it gets into the close of the product details, what makes it special, mentioning why other alternatives aren't as good, building up the value of the product, uh, telling people to buy anything else you want to say. And so to some, some through that really quickly without any kind of side asides or further yeah. detail, really high level, high level, the lead, the background story, the unique mechanism of the problem, the unique mechanism of the solution, the product reveal, and the close. So as long as I've seen that sort of that structure, then I can write all day. And I know if I start getting lost, it's because I'm straying from that. If I start getting into the product, you know, where I should be talking about the story, I know to cut myself out and be like, oh, like this isn't the time for that. We'll come back to that. So that could help quite a bit. That's all. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And that's incredible. And I'm sure that you're going to go into detail at your event on how to yes. really do that. Uh, I mean, because right, you, I mean, I'm sure you charge a lot of money to write a, and research and write a sales letter like that. Uh, yeah. And it's probably more than going to this event and learning how to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, typically for a sales letter, it's anywhere from like sixty to hundred thousand dollars for a sales letter. Um, the event is about ten thousand dollars a ticket, and you get the it's a teach a man a fish versus give a man a fish type thing. So it's like if you go to that. You can get the skills to do it for the rest of your life, or if you send your copywriters or your you know marketing people to it, um, you know it, it's a very good investment in my opinion. I even have not to, to promote the event too much, but I have essentially like a guarantee that's you'll get a million dollars worth of value, and if you don't, not only will you get a you know you get a full refund, but I also pay for your travel, your hotel, uh, any food expense, anything you spent to come to the event actually will reimburse you if you don't get at least a million dollars worth of value from it. That that's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. I like a million dollars worth of value. That's yeah. a, that's a hundred to one return, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my my math skills are still there. Yay, differential equations. Um, <laughs> uh, let me give you let me give you a quick example of this, by the way, for like e commerce, just so that okay. for people might be wondering. Um, 
just like, so I have a friend who's actually, he's coming to the event, but he had me looking, he's selling a, like a jacket that it's basically a glow in the dark jacket. So sun, sun hits the back of this jacket. It's a really cool design. And then it glows in the dark or it, it glows and looks like a neon jacket, whatever. So he showed me his description and there's like a ton of, um, you know, product features on it, but just some ideas there to think about were like, you know, I was like, all right, like what makes this, you know, what, what makes it unique? So I, I told, I told him about looking at, for example, the story. I'm like, what's the story behind this jacket? Like, is there, um, you know, do Russian biker gangs give this jacket to, you know, their new initiates after their first successful robbery? Right. Do people, was it designed by famous designer so-and-so who also designed like these other really cool things you might've heard of? Was it created by an influencer? Right. Like give me a little bit of the story about this jacket and also create the emotional, use emotional language too. So it's like, you know, like imagine like when your friends look at your jacket and wonder where the hell you got this from, because it's the coolest thing they've ever seen. Like, you know, do you want to be turning heads everywhere you go? Like, frankly, you might not want to wear this jacket out all the time because of how much attention you're going to get because of how unique it is. But like, think about how kind of proud you'll be to have this unique collector's piece. So that's like the, the, the point is, this, you know, that's not the whole uh, template I just shared, but it is that the emotional component and that story component. Right. And then unique mechanism. Right. Like maybe not of the problem as much, but of the solution. Like, you know, we use this unique technology that makes it glow and only like, you know, there's one lab in Russia. I don't know why I'm using Russia today. Probably Trump's on my mind, but um, <laughs> you know, there's one, one like lab that, that created this unique glowing material. So you can only get it here. And it takes like, it's a process that took five years to develop. Um, but here's how it works. So just all those things, you can just plug them in, even on like a, you know, a hundred word or like a 200 word, you know, product description. Um, you can do so much more with it than what a lot of people are doing. Oh man, A, I want a jacket, and B, I think it comes from Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe leave that part out. Uh. I don't know. People, you know, there's that person that might want it, uh, might want that. Um, it, it, that's amazing stuff. So, I mean, that's a copyright education right there. But really, going to the event, I mean, I'm I'm trying to go. I it's investing in yourself, and especially at this level, because. There's other people that put courses out. There's other people that put stuff out, guys, and they're you know they might have done it once or twice. We're talking incredible success across the board and highly valuable. And like I, I have a lot of people on here I don't know. I know Stefan; he's awesome. So I highly suggest clicking on that. I think there's only a few spots. Like not to be fake scarcity, <laughs> but uh, like really, we were talking about before this, and they're you know he's going to limit how many people can come to this because. You can't teach a thousand people this, um, so I, it's an awesome, awesome thing. I hope we can go and hope I can take my copywriter. On a side note, too, if you're thinking I don't want to take like one of my marketing people there because what they're going to become this great copywriter, you know, if it, it's you shouldn't worry about what's going to happen if you train the people. You should worry about what's going to happen if you don't train the people, right? Mm. So, um, you know, investing ten thousand dollars in your copywriter. They might leave. They might not. If they sell you another ten thousand dollars worth of product, it's a it's a wash. But he's got a million dollar guarantee here. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit because you have some other companies. Sure. You have an agency that does this right. for people. Um, we'll put a link to that there. And it's uh, what's the name of your agency? It's called Red Ox Consulting. So okay. Red Ox Consulting. Okay. And and who do you usually work with on, on at Red Ox Consulting? You know, we have it created so it's sort of a one-stop shop or an a la carte, and you get to pick. But we work with a lot of guys who are established, uh, whether they're, they're maybe offline they've had success or they've had success using Amazon and, and, and running e-com, but they want to create their own, uh, you know, sales funnels and, um, you know, kind of start selling more in a direct response fashion and direct to consumers. So we're working with I don't know if I should say this or not, but whatever. I'm working with um, the, the dentist for Floyd Mayweather. He's got this really cool um, mouth guard that Floyd wears in all of his boxing matches. So it's called Iceberg Mouth Guards. Um, we're just starting to help them out, uh, but you should definitely check them out. I think it's icebergguards.com. I'll find the, the link. Uh, so for them, we're going to create you know a new landing page and uh, you know a Facebook video campaign and a lot of other stuff and, and help them to kind of get clear on their market and their target and everything. So this guy's got a really successful practice in Manhattan. He's like the dentist to like John Legend and Odell Beckham Jr. and Floyd Mayweather, all these people, but he has no idea how to sell online. So that's a good client for us because it's like, 
yeah, he like he understands the value of it. He doesn't know how to do it, but he's got a great product and you know the resources to make it a success. Um, same thing with with again people maybe. There's still millions of dollars worth of product on Amazon, but they have no idea how to create a landing page in the sales funnel. Or they're, you know, selling, uh, you know, some kind of really cool consumer product, and they have 50 retail stores across the country, but they have no idea how to sell online, and they're using like a Wix.com website or something, <laughs> right? Um, those are the people. We're not really. And I, hate, I hate saying it because I want to help everybody. You know, it's just my nature. We're not really for like the guy who's just starting out and has like you know a few thousand dollars to invest and then kind of wants to like, like that person's awesome. And if you're that person, you're listening to this and you want to send me a Facebook message, I mean, you can, and I'll give you guidance. Cause that's just what I like to do. I'm not going to become your, your full-time mentor, but you know what I mean? If it's like, Hey, here's some, here's some resources, whatever. I'm happy to do that. Um, but it's really for people who are, who are more established, but just haven't really cracked selling online. Cause at the end of the day, like the direct response component, man, when you, when you plug that in, um, you can just, there's nothing like it. It really, there's a book called rocket fuel, but like this is actually rocket fuel, you know. It, it's it's crazy what what you can do, and I mean, you know, the numbers we throw out sound unreal to people sometimes. Where you're like, you know, they're maybe they're doing three thousand dollars a month online, but they have the right product, the inventory, everything, and we're like, okay, well, in like two months from now, it should be like a million dollars a month, and then you should be able to get to like three million, five million, whatever it is. Uh, and people think you're completely full of shit, but you're not. It's just online. That's that's the power of. 2017 slash 2018 and online marketing. We're in a very, we're very lucky to be at a really great place in history where you can get absurd returns uh, through this sort of marketing methodology. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, I've seen it. People, I've seen people that are okay at it, make a ton of money. So when you put yeah. this, it, you know, when you get someone at your level and your, and your capabilities, man, the sky's the limit. And then you also have a um, uh, call center. Tell me a little bit about how that developed. Yeah, absolutely. So we also have a call center called Turtle Peak. Um, the name for that comes, there's a, uh, a mound in Las Vegas, which is where our call center is called Turtle Peak Head. Um, but yeah, so basically with, with uh, some of my health companies, the customer service was just uh, really excellent. That's what I, what I really wanted to, I was very intentional when I started these health supplement companies to have really great customer service. Um, so I wanted to provide great, a great experience. And there's so many people who are marketing supplements online who just screw over their customers. So whether it's making it hard to get a refund or, you know, just hard to get a hold of them in general. So I really didn't want to do that. So we created a really high quality internal customer service team with really uh, set principles, like the 10 sort of principles that everyone follows. So for example, you know, create an advocate, um, create an advocate of the customer. So you create an advocate for the brand that type of stuff. Or sorry, be, be an advocate for the customer so you create an advocate for the brand. Um, you know, that compliance is king. Um, just a lot of things like that. Just focusing on compliance, all this. So, so that was able to really help my business grow. And we started getting a lot of demand for, uh, you know, from outside people who wanted to like, you know, use our call center reps or want to know how we did it. So we basically just turned it around and made it its own external company. Um, it's got its own CEO. It's got its own team. Uh, and they're servicing a variety of, uh, you know, products and, and brands and companies now, uh, and doing quite a good job. So whether it's, you know, inbound, outbound, uh, you know, retention, whatever you're looking for, uh, the, it's turtlepeakcs.com. And I'm sure you'll put a link in there, but yeah. it's definitely worth, uh, worth considering if you need good customer service. Awesome. Awesome. Stefan, uh, if, what's your one thing that you, if you are going online right now, besides going to your course or calling you, like what's your one trick? What's the one thing your, your big secret right now or your, your thing that everyone can do that they're probably not doing? It's a great question. Um, you know, I think, I really think just what I said earlier, the story and emotionality, just working that into more of your, more of your copy and, and whether that's, a paragraph or, you know, a 50 page script for a marketing video or an infomercial. I think just having, not being afraid to make an emotional connection. And then obviously maybe the other one is just asking people to buy. Cause as funny as that is, and this is, you know, from the Jim Tracy, like sales trainings of the past or Brian Tracy, I mean, to, to everything like that's, you know, they'll always be closing, but, um, you still see it so often where people are just un really uncomfortable asking their prospects 
to buy or to take action, even if it's not to buy, even if it's to sign up for an email list or to click a link for more information. It's like people like being told what to do because it makes their life simpler. So, you know, people want to know what do I do next? Don't leave them hanging. Don't make them become a detective and have to figure out what to do next. Just telling them firmly and confidently what to do uh, is, is just extremely important. That's it is. And it, it's, I was listening to, I forget what I was reading. It was a sales book. And it's just talking about how many people are just afraid to ask for the purchase, ask for the buy. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a common thing. And you, you like everyone thinks they're overselling and overusing emotion. They're probably 10 stages below where they need to be. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's fantastic advice. And, you know, it's funny. And we, I've talked about the fundamentals and I, I've been talking a lot about this. And, you know, we all want that neat trick and we want that turnaround jump shot. But it's the fundamentals that just win games, isn't it? Absolutely. It, it absolutely is. It's so important. I'm, there are tricks out there that can definitely help. Um, but it's, just, it's, it's like the difference between, you know, do you want a short-term like, kind of little boost or do you want something that like, long-term is like your golden goose that keeps laying the golden egg for you, right? And so by having fundamentals, you have that golden goose that you get golden egg after golden egg, whereas like, the tricks are you know, just... I don't know to keep where to take the the analogy entirely, but essentially, like you're chopping the head off the golden goose, and you gotta go find a new one, right? I see that so often. Like they just go for that kill instead of like, hey, let me take a little time to understand what someone really wants and then deliver it well. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, five hundred thirty million dollars. You know, in a hundred thousand dollars for a sales letter, you can't beat that. Uh, Stefan, Georgie, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been awesome, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. And make sure to click on those links. Like I said, a few spots left in at his event, um, and that'll be coming up in April. And I don't know if he's having his – it's your first, right? This is your first child coming up? Uh, yeah, it is. So uh, might, he might not ever have this event again. <laughs> at least for four or five years uh, <laughs> <laughs> might be a while might be a while uh, awesome thanks buddy I really appreciate you being on the show and thank you all for listening to us and taking us on your journey this has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show that's it for the Garlic Marketing Show if you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook 